You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Vamos. What up? Just uh, got finished my last email. I got, I, I got should, some good news. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. We should ask the audience: Do they want to keep seeing this show going or not? Or not? I think we're at a, a standstill of what direction we're moving. So maybe people should email in if they want this show to keep it, it moving or or not. What does the audience think? Let's get some messages going. Should, Andy, I just what, what, to say my button's working again. That was easy. Nice. <laughs> so if you guys need that during the show, let me know. What's that? I just, I was looking up when I actually, oh, nice. I was looking I, up. Um, it literally says that was easy when you press it. When I actually start the start of this real estate radio hour, it was, I just looked, because I went on LinkedIn, because I always like, I don't know when it is. June 2009. So that was like right in the thick of the worst market ever. Like it just started. That's weird because 2008 was the time, you know. And uh, remember when we, jeez, uh, oh, that's uh, crazy. My first show, I, the second I, show, Yardley was drunk, and they he went sleeping in the the green room, and then I had to answer questions. I'm like, oh my god. And then after that, it was pretty fun, but it was very interesting. Yeah, I didn't do that to you. You, uh, you. I think the second time I was ever on air said, hey, you want to do the show this weekend by yourself? I got something to do. And I think you threw me into the wolves den by myself. And I was like, I over panicked, over prepared, had 13 chapters of what I wanted to cover on the show. And then, of course, you get there and then Denny wings it. And then it, it is, which was very nice at the time. What, seriously, was it really? So that was, that was like unconsciously I did that because, um, or subconsciously because Mr. Uh, uh, Yardley did that to me. So I did it to you back. It's the gift. Uh, I was sorry. Hey, but no, I do think it would be great if the audience um, says if they want this, this show to continue, because we do have good statistics, but um, sometimes it's hard to see the intrinsic value well, I think, of but, doing this. But just be good to get some there. messages. I think that's political suicide to throw that out there because, you know, I think what you need to understand is that, you know, we, we, first of all, to give premise to the show, Chris and Andy are full-time, if not more than full-time real estate agents. It's hard to carve an hour out, let alone, uh, you know, having Nick help us and having the, the show content and all the things that you do for us. We don't, we take for granted, right? I mean, just cause we just show up and do the show, but reality is, is that, live, real, 
you know, boots on the ground guys are here. So I think the advantage to a listener or is, is interactiveness, just like when we used to do it live on CCO. If, if it's not an interactive show, it can become flat because two guys that are finally getting an hour to sit down and relax, probably would rather have coffee and talk about whatever, you know, um, no, not that. No um, coffee, no coffee. Or whatever you drink. Um, <laughs> kombucha or whatever it is. I but, see. you know, the idea, you know what I'm saying, though? I think, so it's, it's either more live content and more like actually take it to that entertainment level of where we have other people coming in and interacting as well, or just more questions. I mean, I think that that's the, the key is that, you know, it's kind of a free uh, answer uh, your question hour. And we've gotten away from that sometimes. I'm, I'm also thinking though, Andy, that I could produce all your TikTok videos with this hour of time. Yeah, you sure could. I could. I think uh, I, I was thinking about you again yesterday. I was. I don't know why, but I just I have this I have this obsession with you. It's just crazy. Hey, speaking of that, we'll we'll throw this video up here. It's a good topic for what's happening in the market. I think a lot of people are wondering this. So, um... have you ever heard of the term silver tsunami? It's the idea that baby boomers, as they get older, will all start to downsize at the same time and really impact the housing market. But is it really going to happen? Here's what I can tell you. This graph shows 60% of adults who are 65 and up plan to stay put and live in their house uh, as they get older. That would mean a lot of baby boomers aren't planning on moving and want to age in place. And the ones who will move aren't going to do it all at the same time. So don't worry just because you're hearing about this online. It's not going to be a big wave where everyone in this generation moves at the same time. It'll happen slowly over the years. If you have any questions about what you're hearing on the housing market, I can help. I'm Andy P. Give me a call. I'd love to help you on your housing journey today. I think you got to go with Andy P for good. Call me Andy P. That's what I used to always say. <laughs> it's actually, that actually was true. What you talked about. Where'd you get that, uh, that those stats? Um, well, those were from a couple of things. One of them was ARP. Um, ARP actually produced a survey talking about what's happening in the housing market and why it's stagnant. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the uh, sources quoted. Another one was um, uh, Fannie Mae. And so they were talking about statistics. And so the what's interesting about that like phenomenon was, you know, back in the day, I mean, I'm talking like, let's go back to when you and I started, you know, or you started the show and I joined you. 2010, everybody thought the world was over. And then they said, well, you know, and you know what's coming next? The second wave of the storm was going to be the silver tsunami where all these baby boomers are going to start retiring and there was gonna, they were literally estimating an economic, like world crunch, like negative GDP, because all these people are gonna start retiring and they're gonna stop giving in the workforce. They're gonna start, um, you know, not spending any money. They were gonna just, you know, stay put. They were gonna stagnate the market. Like 40% of the market was just gonna woof, vaporize on us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it, <laughs> I've heard economists say this, which I think is kind of funny. It's not funny, but it, it's funny. Um, because a lot of people didn't save money and they don't have the economic means to retire. They have to continue working um, or health. That's another thing with a lot of people just being straight up healthy, they can afford to still work. And so what's happening is 
you got a lot of people not retiring. They're not hitting 55 and pulling the plug and saying, hey, let's, you know, because statistically they, they said this. Once you're 65 years old to 85 years old, you spend the same amount of money that a teenager does on the economy. Like I'm talking like very little money, very little, except for healthcare, right? Healthcare is different, but um, so they, they just, I mean, they don't buy clothes, they don't buy cars, they don't buy anything. So that didn't happen. And it, and, and that, that part of the economy is still chugging along, which is giving us this sense of a healthy economy, which may not be necessarily accurate as much as it is a necessity, right? Because there's so many people that need to keep working. This is true. I think they kind of got out of it during COVID. And now they're trying to get back into it. Had a couple of people that retired uh, during that time and now are unretired. But mm -hmm. I mean, it is. I mean, you go to the, I went to uh, Byerly's the other day and I got three items and it was $33. I mean, man, bread, a turkey breast, and some grapes. I mean, seriously? It's a big I, I always laugh too because I'll, I'll stop in trying to be a little healthier after the first of the year. I think I'm supposed to what how I'm supposed to hang on until the 22nd of what February and then I quit. Whatever. Nice. Anyway, so I stop and get these salads. And by the time I get a salad with a cup of tap water, it's like $13. Hey, I had a feel of uh the COVID world this last weekend. Or the COVID market, I should say. It's quite interesting. We ended up having put it on on a Friday, had 18 showings, had about Probably 35 people through the open house mm. had offers in double digits and uh, scored very big on on uh, the offers. I mean, the interesting thing was, is usually when you, and Andy, you probably can attest to this, when you get multiple offers, you really kind of get them all over the place. Um, sometimes there's people that really kind of uh, go crazy and there's three, four people that are just like, you know what, I like it, but... I'm not going to really pay for it. And maybe they might be at or under um, full price um, yeah. inspections, not inspections. Uh, it was, it was very, it was very, this one was very interesting because most of them were very close to one another, all really pro. And, you know, we, we went in with that mentality, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of interesting. Actually had two people at the open house, you know, to kind of, you know, contain it or, or actually to be able to ask questions. And then it's the old, uh, get all the offers and then review them all and then put them down on paper and then share them with your seller, then talk it over with your seller and then maybe go back and modify one or two or talk to one or two different, uh, not only, um, the agents, but maybe their loan officers. And then, uh, maybe put some of the pieces that, because what happens on multiple offers, just so people know, um, it's not all just about price and what the closing date is. There might be other things that other people put that are kind of interesting, such as non-refundable earnest money, um, longer possession time. I mean, I've found that really works well. The whole longer possession time, and that doesn't have to be long, even if it's 24 hours, but it just gives people, hey, I can close, and then I can just concentrate on the move and get out of here, make sure it's clean. It usually turns out a lot better for the buyer at that, at that point, too, so... Um, it's only a bad if they have to move kind of in between, but just I would keep that in mind because the more flexibility you have, the more they're going to look at your offer. Facts. Yeah. No, and I, and I think that's a hundred percent true with any, you know, kind of negotiating of any kind, but it's, especially with housing, it's like, cause 
you know, as much as we want to think it's a rational decision, it's very emotional for most people. Yeah. The buyers are emotional. The sellers are emotional sometimes. Sometimes sellers are moving because they want to move on with life or they have something exciting and they're motivated to move. But a lot of times it's the, you know, especially a downsizer, it's emotional. You raised your family in that house and now you're going to give your house to somebody else. And, you know, and that that is a uh, joyful and yet sometimes take a minute, take a breath. Like like I've always told my sellers, you know what, when, when you're downsizing to move out a little bit early and have the ability to pretend that you're not in that house anymore after you've already sold it, right? And then you come back and visit it a couple of times before it closes, it's kind of a nice feeling. Cause then you you kind of detach yourself a little bit from that house, um, a little bit, but you still have the privilege of going back to visit. And then, you know, if you visit a couple of times, you know, if, if that's an issue for you, if it's not, some people don't care. They have ice running through their veins, like Rooney, you know, uh, over here. And uh, he wouldn't care, he'd just move. But somebody else might be like, you know, I just want to go back and look one more time. And, and then all of a sudden they process that and then, you know what, the house is sitting here lonely and empty and it needs something. It needs a family now. And, and you know, and I'm okay with it going. And I, I've, you know, back in the day, man, when I was doing golf course villas up in Otsego, kind of, you know, that detached rambler or whatever, I dealt with a lot of downsizers. Well, or I shouldn't say downsizers. They, they were moving to very nice houses. But, you know, the idea was they were downsizing. They were going to their, you know, their uh, retirement house, as they say. So they don't have as much crap. They don't want as much accumulated materialistic things. They want to simplify their lives. They downsize everything and in scale, right? And then they start enjoying life more. So, yeah, it, it is. It's, it's funny. After they start doing that, then they want it back. Yeah, I've had that before. I've had gosh, three clients in the last probably four years that have kind of flip flopped on what they thought they wanted, and. Uh, are going back to the other plans. So it's kind of interesting. You know, you say that I don't really care about the home and I know you're just kind of joking, but um, I, it, there's some, there's some truth to that. I kind of look at home as your people versus a structure. And I think you can make any home. I, I like the, I like the changes. Speaking of changes, I think we might have ice out on February 1st. I mean, it is, it is like the ice on my, on the lake is like dark blue. I mean, it's, that's like water is close by. Polar boating. It's coming, baby. It's coming. Ice out February. Uh, there's puddles everywhere. Hey, someone is, is hacking the SEO of Minnesota top real estate agents. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this article and why you're not in it. Wow. Top top 10 real estate agents in Minnesota. Who is this? The the Grit Daily? Premier Startup. Oh, the Premier Startup News Hub. Okay. Well, let's see who they are. Do you notice anyone, Andy? Or? No. <laughs> I thought this, this one will probably get you going. Okay, let's see Kayla's numbers. <laughs> oh, they don't show numbers. Oh, they're just saying how nice she is. Okay, cool. She's a super nice person, and you should buy from her. She's number one. Oh, are they in order, too? It's top ten? Because usually they do countdowns, ten to one. But Rooney, you should be looking these people up on the MLS and seeing how many transactions they've done as we do this. She's a professor, yeah, that, too. Does that make you the best? Does that make you the best realtor, though? 
Oh, what is the? Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, what is it? What is it? What is this again? Let's see what it says. Top ten what? Top ten realtors in Minnesota. Is that what it is? Let's see. What, let's see. Okay, top ten real estate agents. Let me just read the little beginning. Well, of that. they're being speculative too for 2024. First paragraph. Okay, they're redefining the standards of real estate excellence. Okay, they. So this is made up. Okay. Unique qualities, esteemed individuals. All right, I'm sure they're all really nice people, but this is obviously. Uh, Let, let's stay on the positive side of the bus, Chris, and yep. let's. Um, hey, I don't mark um, calendar. I don't mark calendar. He's a realtor. He's a Remax agent. No, no, I. I uh, well. It says for 2024, so they're speculating that these people are going to be great agents, right? It's not like the best agents of 2023, and here's their numbers. Like best, so so maybe that's an interesting point to bring up. Here's here's the real conversation. What do consumers oh. think versus what do real estate agents think? Real estate agents and brokers do transactions or volume, right? And then if you get really smart, you look at profitability within the firm. Like who actually clears, you know, money, right? On the other hand, um, it, is it a, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I, here. I think you really caught something that, Andy, though, that, I mean, I was thinking that, hey, this is based on what 2023 was because it's the timing of the article. It's It wasn't like, hey, we're projecting these guys to be the top for 2024. It's like, I mean, it's a really a, a play on that they can kind of get around. Like, hey, this is what is going to happen. I didn't, I didn't even catch that. So I, I bet you a lot of people don't either. It's kind of like, oh, wow, those are the best agents, you know. For I, 2024. I yeah, it's a play. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know, the other thing is, is like, like, um, you know, from an SEO perspective, um, like, like Nick was putting in our notes that you guys can't see on the screen, but he kind of was saying like, hey, somebody types in best agents in Minnesota, an article like this will pull up. And because it meets a lot of the SEO requirements to be clicked. And so somebody's paying a lot of money. I'm sure to pay somebody to make sure that when you type a phrase in like best agents in Minnesota, yeah. you pop up. I'm, I'm trying to find best agents in Minnesota. I know Nick plays these little games and he does these intentional to kind of uh, see if it, I mean, like these kind of things do pull up. And so it is like unsuspecting people would think, you know, maybe, hey, these are the top 10 and maybe they're really good. I mean, and, and that's great. And there's, you know, there's uh, thousands of agents that are, are really good. I just so, took the code of ethics, Chris, and they say if it smells like a turd, it is a turd. And so when you're putting something that's misleading and false out there like that, that's against the code of ethics. That's, I mean, it has to say in what premise, otherwise it's completely false. Do they have to abide by that? The startup, premier startup news hub? I mean, they're not well, they going to buy with real estate. They yeah. don't. He's talking about the realtors. The agents probably should. But how how can they tell people what they can and can't write about them? Try to think. See, let me see what we got here. I'm just trying to okay. see who this kind of. I'll calm down. I'll just sit back and really. No, I think hug, it I'll is. Just hug my, I'll just hug my button. Andy, this brings up more things. I mean, there, there's a ton of stuff that uh, that's out there that you can pay for to be able to be kind of that top person. There's a lot of magazines that circulate around that, uh, you know, people don't know, but agents end up paying for that stuff, you know, to be on that. that. 
So why don't we have a, a magazine like this, Chris? We should get our own magazine. Oh my gosh. I would put you as one of the top 10 real estate agents in Minnesota for 2020. I would put you as number one. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't even rank him. I'd just do 10. I'd want to just be like number eight so people don't put a lot of pressure on me, but they think I'm good, but they don't think I'm like crazy like you, oh, like number one. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. So there they have some stats for this girl. She's ranked so, top 9% in all Twin Cities yeah. area. Sounds like a sounds like a somebody, a publishing firm, um, got together and, and wrote some really nice things about these people and then put together a list that they wanted to call their top list based on their criteria. And nobody can argue that. And it is a little bit false, you know, um, yeah. in the sense that it, it's misleading with the headline. Um, so can a media company do fake news? They do it all the time. I mean, fake news is kind of unfortunately becoming part of our culture. It's sad. It's, I mean, that's the other but, part. Do people but, even believe anything anymore? No. You know, because I, I, do. I don't look at anything. It really, so top 9% probably equates to around number 2,000, two 3,000 maybe. How many agents do we have? Uh, it, was, it was over 20. 20-something, 20 yeah. So 25, yeah. 24. Yeah. I think it's yeah. dropped quite a bit, but they don't tell us that yet. Hey, good for them. They, uh, they're whatever. I mean, it, uh, hey. it worked out, but it is the power of social media. I mean, there's no question about that. Hey, in the movie Elf, they had world's best cup of coffee. And by God, Elf believed it. And if that's not a perfect example of this story with a consumer coming in going, congratulations, you're number one, cool. you know? Hey, what do you think of that? They were talking about that. What yeah. do you think of reviews? Oh, okay. What do you think of those? I mean, from a standpoint or testimonials. I mean, I I believe they're they're real. Don't you have to authenticate and kind of give valid emails and stuff like that? That I don't think people can really fake them. Or is there something you could pay out there to get reviews from certain people? No, well, yeah, I think you I think you can do you know on the on the on the naughty side of the business. Like like I would questionably say this last article we discussed was. Um, there's lots of things you can do on the naughty side to mislead and kind of, you know, uh, try to procure um, relationships on on assumptions. On the other hand, like like Facebook, Instagram, a lot of those guys can buy likes. Um, but when it comes down to, um, you know, authenticating um, what I, and kind of review what you were saying. I'm sorry, I kind of lost track of what you're saying again. You asked me what? Reviews. Review, oh, reviews. Yeah, reviews. I think I think you can have fake reviews. Like, you know, there's some sites that do not verify. Um, for an example, you know, like when you go to Zillow, um, you have to log in, open up an account. Um, and but I still have where I've had false reviews in there too, where somebody goes through the effort to do that. It's like they make up a phony name and do a phony review just to, you know, throw off your five-star rating. And so all I think is that as reviews, as consumers. I've even learned myself that when you're buying something on Amazon, just because it has five stars doesn't mean it's good. You know, you want to go down and see, um, or four stars, I should say. You want to go down and review, read some of the reviews. Like, what specifically did they like about it? What did they not like about it? Because I think there's the the um, substance matters. So what is in that review is what matters. And there's no way to really give an algorithm to say there are five, other than stars, right? It, to, or you're one through five, five being the best, one being the worst. So, so it's hard to have that algorithm. So 
when you're researching real estate agents, you know, does it matter their volume? I don't know. It, a lot of times they talk about trustworthiness. Um, are these people going to listen to us and do they really understand the marketplace? Those are the number one things people are looking for. I, I, think, I think it's sometimes too, um, volume. Volume is, is good and bad sometimes. Um, sometimes you're just doing whatever you can to be able to get deals done. And then other times volume will also show experience. And I think experience is really important um, and, and trustability because you can have all the experience in the world, but if you're not able to convey it or get that trust, no one's going to even follow you anyways. And so um, I think uh, the other thing that um, volume does, it might get you in the door uh, to be able to, it's kind of like, hey, this guy says, I mean, it says he's the best agent uh, in the area. I better talk to him at least. And then I'll talk to some others. And it's kind of like, well, how does this guy even, you know, compete? He's, he doesn't even know what he's doing or she doesn't. So, right. No, those are the facts. It yeah. was um, here. I've got this. So, um, you know, being part of the Ramsey trusted um, program, I'm, I'm one of their trusted agents or whatever. Um, and by the way, you overqualify, Chris, you'd, you'd easily be one of these guys or gals too. Um, but there was, there was the three least important things of they, they interviewed over 2000 clients last year. Um, the, the bottom of the, the, these were the three least important items that they found. Least important? Least. Okay. Average transactions per year, less than 15% uh, of the survey cared. They care um, about their transaction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that number two of the least was that you're a top 10% realtor. Um, and number three, this is going to blow your mind. Years of experience. Didn't 20, only 22% cared how many years you're in the business. Now flip that. Okay. On the top, what was number one was 77% of the people said the number one thing they're looking for in a real estate agent, trustworthiness. Okay. Number two, 69% of the market came back and said they want you to be able to demonstrate market knowledge. So beyond what they can Google. And number three, 65% said they wanted to feel like you were listening to their wants and needs. Okay. I'm writing so, those down, actually. What's that? I'm writing those down. It, yeah. And, and, and those were the, the benefits that clients were looking for. So the other thing that they said when people were reading Google reviews, for an example, they were looking for uh, stories or articles that were relational. So, you know, they could relate to actual stories. They were downsizing. They were upsizing because they had a baby. They just got married. They, you know, they wanted something to relate to when they read the review. So reviews would say, she was awesome. People don't value that. She was awesome because when I was between jobs, I still got my house or what, you know, something like I got promoted. Um, and then uh, what else was it here? Um, but yeah, you know, there's a lot of different widgets that are out there that will get you reviews as an agent as well. And I think that just like I read reviews, I read them cautiously. I look at them and, and I apply the review to me personally. So like the other day I was screwing around looking for some um, uh, uh, lighting products, right? So for the house. And I was looking and trying to review and then you'd review and they'd say, oh, the, the little tails on these under counter lights are too short. And then you have to order the extra kit. That's an extra $39. And, you know, that's helpful reviews, right? That's yeah. where it's giving me substance. Right. Uh, the reviews that said, love it. It changes the feel of the room. I don't care about that review. You know what I mean? I mean, that doesn't, you know, anyway. Yeah. People must know that too, because 
these reviews now are sometimes, hey, you got to do at least 130 characters. And it's kind of like, how do you want to comment? I just, I'm doing it really fast and I'm kind of moving on. It might not be for a person, but it might be a product. And then it's like, I think they would, but I, I think they would get less of them, but they're obviously the ones that get are a lot better. I think, you know, for our million dollar idea today, because we have a lot of million dollar ideas, mm. one of them today could be that we have a review service where somebody goes in there and just presses click and it records and it like maybe blurs the face, but it's actually a real human um, that's talking in their voice and their dialect and their whatever. And so you can actually hear their story and they say, okay, record a one minute video for us about, you know, what did you think? What was your process? And then have it, you know, where it like prompts people to give the information people. Look, and then it does a transcription of it. And then, then you can cut and paste it. Or if you want to watch the video, the video is there too. They have that all figured out now too. They have with AI, they got faces and voices. I could have I could have seven hundred reviews overnight. Video wise, that's a good that's a good idea, Andy. Um, but I was going to say, there's phone farms in India and China, and there's a huge debacle with uh, streaming platforms. Uh, record labels paying a crap ton to get them boosted, you know. So a lot of it's fake. I would be really careful and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's just, uh, but that I think that was interesting. Uh, so trustworthiness, market knowledge, and listen. You know, there there are a few agents that I know personally that are in the Twin Cities here that before they go to closing, they ask these people to post their review, um, basically to, like to get the goodie bag at closing. And it's like they, they like make it crystal clear that I need this review before you go to closing. And they, they will push, push, push. And that's why they have thousands of reviews. Yeah. And it's, um, I don't want to say they're paying to play. Um, I've had other people where they say, Hey, if you do a review, good or bad, um, let me know that you did the review and I will send you a gift card, you know, just for your time. Thank you for your time. I've seen, and then, you know, it just comes across as I'm paying for a review. But at the end of the day, let me ask you guys a question. I mean, even if you walked into, let's say, your favorite foods pizza and you walk into your favorite restaurant today and you had the best pizza you've ever had in your life, best service you've ever had. You'll probably tell 30 people about that pizza, but you're not going to write it down and you're not going to go online necessarily say you had a good experience. Now, you find a dead rat on your pizza, you're going to be on social media before you leave the restaurant with pictures. I was just going to say something about that because I was I was following this one person. Actually, I was just kind of going down a rabbit hole and I saw her and I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder what happened to her. And it was the gal who had that bar in Lakeville. Remember she opened during COVID? Yeah. Yes. Um, Azara or Lisa, Lisa something. Yeah. It basically, I mean, was, whatever happened to her? Well, she ended up, she owes like 360000 She went bankrupt. They took away her food license to ever have something in, in Minnesota. So not just their liquor license, but her food license for five years. And so anyway, she opened up a place over in um, Wisconsin, just across the board, in Bay City uh, called, I think, Outpost is what it's called. And uh, uh, on the reviews, I mean, everything was really good and everything. And then all of a sudden there was one person that just ripped on it. And basically by the time you got to the end, because as a, as a business owner, you got to defend yourself, you know, be able to, you know, that's weird. You know, our burgers are always this and tell me when you were in there. And this person would not tell them when they were in there, you know, and it's just kind of like, and after you read it now, if you take the time to read it, you'd be like, okay, this person's just obviously, probably not um doesn't align politically 
uh, with what this person did and is going right. to destroy them. And I, that's the, that's why this, the internet can be super nasty. I think a you lot know, of this stuff so, is be able to kind of like, yeah. um, is the hope that you're going to get someone. But I think the other part is, is that people are going to confirm their decision after they've talked to you, maybe via online. And so it's kind of like, all right, that Chris Rudy, he's kind of cool. Let's go check him out. Okay, here's on Facebook. God, he really doesn't post that much, but uh, he's on Instagram. Oh, it's cool. He's, these houses and stuff like that. And, you know, so I think it's, or man, that was cool. Oh my God, he did that video of that house. And gosh, what he actually said in the in the thing, he's actually really doing, you know, in our appointment. And so, hey, this guy I can I can trust. So I think that's I think that's to me that's more what social media is. That to me that's more what this radio show is. I mean, or podcast, whatever we call it now, because it's more about creating. Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, if it's market knowledge, I mean, people listen to this, they're like, wow, these guys are so smart. It's unbelievable. Do you think they say that or not? I think they think we're overconfident. I think oh. I've, I've seen that in the feedback. Um, Just ask us. Yeah, we'll tell you. I'll tell you how good I am. Yeah, exactly. I know, you know, the idea there, though, is that, but, but hence the heart of an entrepreneur. You have to have that, like, non-dentable ego Otherwise, if you let everything dent you, every time somebody throws a spear at you, you'd never be an entrepreneur. You wouldn't be able to survive. And that's the difference, I think, between a lot of people that make it in this business. And it's it's they have the confidence, but they also back that with knowledge. They back that with experience. They back that with, you know, you're actually getting something for what you're paying for. And it's like some people look at real estate agents as being a gateway. Like, yeah, you know, hey, we just got to get through that gate and we can save all this money and we don't have to pay anybody. And it's here, here's the thing. You understand the complete transaction of real estate, what the, everybody's value add is in the process, it becomes easier to be successful within that industry. And there are times where people are worth exactly what they pay you. So, you know, I mean, and, and they're worth every penny. And then there's other times where, wow, you showed up one house, it was an internet click, I clicked to set up a showing, and you just made $13,000 off one showing. And I do, I'm the first one to say, I think there's times where, in this industry, if it was fair both ways, you know, like, hey, on the files that you worked really hard on and extra hard on, you get paid extra, but you don't. So until that equalizes itself, it'll just be like some of these attorneys that say, hey, we take a flat percentage. You know, we take 40% of your take. You earn a million dollars. We earn 400000 And if they settle it in a year or seven years, it doesn't matter. It's the same take. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't equate... Um professional help with how many houses I showed somebody, you know? Right. So I always say, Hey, whether it's one or 15, I mean, what do you want to do? Do you want to go look at 27 houses and then finally get one? Or would you like to just look at one and get the house that you want and, and we're able to negotiate and get it done? So, I mean, it's like selling your house. Okay. Yeah. Hey, did, did I do my job more if it's on the market 120 days or did I do my job better if I got it sold over the first weekend and got you multiple offers and got you over full price? It's kind of, it's one of those things that, I mean, what is it that you want? And that that's something I talk about almost every time I'm uh, I'm in there because I want to see how they quantify what we're worth, you know? And if it's, I mean, our business is, it's a risk versus reward business. Well, that's if you don't get paid, unless yeah. you, we, we get you something, you close on it and it actually closes. You get your loan, you do everything. And then at that time we get paid, you know, I guarantee you if it wasn't uh risk versus reward, those commissions would be a lot lower. And they would. Sure. 
You know, well, I think the other thing is, is when you look at the, um, for example, when you go out there and you do a, um, a listing presentation and a lot of times there's new customers coming to me where they've had the instant offer first, right? Where they just say, I'm just curious, what is an instant? What, I don't blame people for doing it. You know I mean? I really don't. Right, Some people right. call me first and then I can bring them instant offers as yeah. well. Cause I don't know. Most people don't know that that real estate agents can work and facilitate within the guaranteed offers um, and still represent you and make sure you're not signing the wrong stuff or stuff that's against you. But that, that's another whole show. But um, the idea there is, is that I've got people that will come to me and say, hey, you know, do you think this is a good offer? And I'll say the first question I ask them is this. I'll say, listen, you know, as a real estate agent, do you think my negotiating skills and um, and my marketing abilities will directly affect the resale price of your house or not? And if they say, boy, I don't know, I don't think it matters. I don't care if you're a good negotiator or not. And I don't know if your marketing is good or not. And I'd say, well, I'll tell you what, um, I think you should go with the cash offer that's 60,000 less than I should get you. Because if you don't value what I do, why pay me to get you more money and you don't believe it anyway, go ahead and just be, I hate to say be a sucker, but be a sucker. Yeah, sometimes um, sometimes it doesn't work. I had, um, in the last year, I had a, a property that uh, I got called to after they were going 100%, they were going towards just to give me an offer and we want to be done. You know, it was, it was a, uh, you know, an estate type situation. And anyways, I came over there and I told them what I thought the price was. Anyways, I ended up getting it. And I basically suggested about $5,000 worth of work to be able to try to and then list it at this price and then get more. Well, it turns out we end up getting it. We get multiple offers. We get over the full price, you know, because it worked. And it, um, let's just say it was uh, almost, I'm just going to use round numbers. So say it was 400,000. And I just, I just said, you know, Hey, congratulations. She goes, Oh, we're so glad that we were, we talked to you. And I said, well, why is that? And they said, well, you know, the other agent told us that our house was that they could list it at 250,000. Okay. So 250,000. And if they were to buy it, it was going to be under $200,000. And which is, interesting to me and then they had me and they thought oh my god this guy might be might be crazy but what he said was really true and he kind of used the comps and they said they needed all this stuff done and blah 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 andy what 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 the first thing i said is you, you should have told me i would have give you five thousand more because i would have made i would have made 200 grand i mean like like that i mean it's just like it it was unbelievable because i'm like there's nobody there's nobody that would have said that house is 250 and it was. You know, they were the realtors, you know. It's crazy. It, it blows my mind. Yeah, so thank goodness they called because that's just wrong. Well, you know, when I heard somebody talking the other day, they they were talking about um, New York City and how they, they, they don't start with the real estate agent. They start with an appraiser and they have the properties appraised first. I don't know this. Maybe if somebody ever hears our show from New York, I'd love to hear their version of how real estate works. They start with an appraisal, which I think is genius. And then there's no real argument over the value. Now you're hiring the real estate agent for the marketing to do what they really are there to do. So, you know, now can you argue with an appraiser? Absolutely. Can the real estate agent say that, hey, this is needs to be adjusted for this, this, and this? Absolutely. You know, humans are still humans. They, they don't always calculate things right. You know, they don't always value things the same. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Let's get into our luxury Minnesota property segment. 
brought to you by Chris Rooney Home Experts. I was just one years old when my family started in real estate, where both my parents were agents. They also dabbled in investing in real estate, rentals, flips, and construction. After college, I went right into getting my license in July of 1990. As a 23-year-old agent in an industry that looks nothing like today, I had to know more for my clients to choose me. There wasn't Zillow or social media to tell them how good I was. I had to win them over with knowledge. With knowledge comes confidence, and with confidence comes results. Back to Minneapolis. Big, big spender here. French, like their French tutor. I don't, I don't know about you, Andy, but I really like that look. It's a clean look. It's a... Uh, I want to meet the artist that did the roof. Wow. Yeah, Lake of the Isles. Look at that sidewalk, too. I mean, Jeez. I just think all of that is, you know, that's on Lake of the Isles. So there's sidewalks and stuff there. But to me, it it all, it all makes it estate-worthy, you know, with how they did it. I mean, that landscaping is awesome in my mind. It's but, amazing the, the prices over there, too, how in the last, like, I mean, gosh, even 10 years, those numbers have, like, doubled, tripled over there. Look at the, I think we're going to be in for a kind of a treat here, at least with the photography and, and the yeah. pointing of it, because um, I want to get, what do we got? Okay, so four bedroom, five bath, 5,500 square feet, Lake of the Isles. So that's right kind of in that that whole area of lakes, Cedar Isles and uh, Beta Muskai is uh, Kenwood, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's right on the, the parkways and stuff there, all next to the, to the lakes, so. Wow, that's good. That, uh, you'll you'll you see a big Polish guy going by on a bike. That's my brother. Yeah, He's down there all the time riding. Matt, yeah. That's what the Praskies do. This is the ones they hang out with. <laughs> this is them. This is the trash we hang with. Hey, does does that Polish guy have a? Yeah. Go back up, Nick, again, right underneath there. It says what the payment's going to be. Right up, right under twenty nine thousand four seventy. You all right with that a month? Me? Yeah. Hell no. Oh, okay. I just put more down, Chris, so I could have a lower payment. All right, let's let's analyze some photos here. I'm predicting. This is curious. They only have one price history thing. Yeah. I wonder when it was built. Did it say? Do we have that? 1904. 1922. Wow. So how are they allowed to not show the price history like every other house? It may not have had one. Maybe, no, maybe it is not. in the family or a no. couple private sales. I'll look that up after this and just see because that is that is actually kind of interesting. Do I do you not like this little number? This uh, this landscaping to me. Even look at the brick on the side of the stairs. I just think that's freaking awesome. But um, all right, let's go. Cool view. Yeah, some nice. Uh, I mean, it's definitely updated. It's got the the black windows. They always look like picture frames. You know, it's interesting though. It's like that contemporary, like those cabinets being full, like oh. inset cabinets like that. That's timeless. I mean, those the, those cabinets could be from the eighties, and you wouldn't even know. Yeah, a Tudory cottagey look. Look at the invested the the tile. At least it's newer. I mean, a I'm lot of that stuff is screaming. 
2024, which is cool when you go into 1922. uh, Are you a big fan of the uh, poetry coffee shop bench? I don't know. I think it just, I mean, that's kind of a cool little area. As long as there's room and I can fit in it, then I like it. Look, they got a prep sink. Look at that, Andy, a little prep sink right there. That kitchen is set up perfectly for uh, cooking right there. Look at the fridge, range, and right there. I bet you they got a little garbage container under there. It's perfect. Look at the ovens. I mean, it's a, it's perfect. Very nice. Yeah. You could tell you could tell someone really someone designed this. Look at that. Taking advantage of that little back walkway, it still gives you storage. Yep. I think that was the next. Yeah, right there. I mean, it's open. A side light on the back. I mean, that's cool. That's not the front door. That's like a, a backside door, light and bright. Pretty cool. Very cool. Hide all the, hide all the shoes. Oh, a little. A nice room. Yeah. Solarium type looking. It kind of got like that. I mean, that is, it's people watching. I mean, those There's are the Matt right there. What's that? I said, that's Matt right there on his bike. There he is. <laughs> oh, see, he'd be he'd be doing hands free. He'd be on his electric bike. So that was definitely an add-on room. Yeah, in the old days. Look at the old registers. Nick, go back once again. If you see that old register by the right down to your left, Nick, right over the pillow. That's I'm sure that's the old. It's covering the register up. Oh wow. That's kind of fun. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, this was uh, this was well designed. Maybe trim up the bushes just a little, but yeah, everything else is trimmed. I think that's a case of where it's like you know you've gone through all the expense to make everything look that nice, and that's just one of those like making sure you have a sharp haircut before the interview. You know, the, I'm telling you, these details covering up the registers, you can see it in there. It is so cool. And they even got like a, a granite or a quartz on top of it. I mean, for I mean, they totally turned it into like a, a decorative niche. Yeah. Um, and really cool. I like it. This is a professional photographer, too. I'll tell you that. It's a little busy, huh? Yeah, no, it looks like a variety of spilt paint up the stairs, but, you know, that's to each his own. I think on this one, Andy, what I might have done is I might have moved. Here, put it back at that picture deck. Because I think what I would have done is just because that stairway is busy, but I don't think it's bad, I would have really cleared out, maybe just had that little, like, triangle table. And yeah, that's the only the thing out. I would have there. I would have moved everything else. But when it times to show, I would have kept it in there. Because I would. I want to make that look that area look big and grand. And I think it would look fantastic um, in person. But when you see it in a picture, I mean, that big plant and then that all that other stuff. And then this that pattern on that whatever that bench is versus the stairs, it just kind of like tosses me around. And now I'm looking at that versus that stairway and that back um, entry the way that we saw before. Yeah, and somebody probably went to the extent of having the the – orange there match the orange there and uh and that's interior decorating stuff that i don't understand so to me it's a little beyond my pay scale for that stuff but 
Well, that's the stuff you have to have, but I just don't know if in, in photos you, you need to do it. So I think some ways you can do it. So for instance, we do a lot of like rugs. When we have rugs, we remove the rugs for the pictures, but when it comes time to show, we put the rugs back in because it makes it homey and feel warmer and a better look. But on, on photos, it can just get really um, cluttered. I think that's what it does. So that's me. Okay, let's see a barrage of like 10 of them in a row. Yeah, yeah, just whip through them. What do you think of the furniture and stuff, Andy? Yeah, I mean, it, it works for the look they like. I mean, I don't know. Um, I I guarantee they paid a fortune for it. It looks very expensive, you know. In the style downtown, you can, you know. That's cool. Wow. All the all the doors painted glass with with shades. They're all black. Interesting look for sure. Split kind of. That's kind of. Little... Wow! Look at that. Receiving it in your in your room. Yeah. So they put a theater upstairs, I see. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, this, to me, that room looked a little too retro for me, but. I mean, a lot, a lot of really nice quality pieces here, lots of character. Um, wow. Yeah, it's it's nice. Boy, that lot looks amazing, too, looking out that window. Jeez. Mm-hmm. So these photos were obviously done last year. In in June, it looks like. It gives it that look of the um, the roof, kind of that whole old grass look. Mm -hmm. God, at a gym, is that upstairs? Yeah, it must be like above the garage yeah. or something. Yeah. Pretty cool. Those mirrors made a big difference there. It made it look a lot bigger than probably it is. Oh, show. I mean, that's a nice place. I mean, is it is it four four million? Is it five million? Four point five. Yeah, I mean, but I'm just saying. I mean, is it four or five? You know, I think you just you just got to get the right buyer that's that's ready to attack it, and it's not unusual that it's been on since June. You know. That's yeah, but the, that that's why it's. I mean, I, I'll be. I'll, okay, I'll be the guy to rip the bandaid off. Um, you're overpriced. And I think that they have, when you get into that, okay, what's the lot worth? Let's say the lot's worth $2 million. Could you build that house for another million and you're at 3 million? Probably. You know what I mean? Or a million and a half. I mean, so that's probably what they're looking at. And they probably just are just a little ahead of the market. 3.99 would probably have it sold. And they'd be on to their next project. Um, I'm not sure about that one. That one was... Uh... I, you leave it and let it sit. I, I, I think I don't know. I don't know. I just I think it's got. It's it intrigues me. I'll I'll say that. Yeah. No. For sure. I think it's a it's a gorgeous. Look at this these pictures too. I mean these are, this is, one whoever that photographer is knows what the or if the agent's doing it, and they're up to market it. But it's pretty sweet. Oh, is that it in the cul-de-sac? I don't see a little check or anything on it. Yeah. 
Interesting. No, I, I, you know what? It might be. Oh, might that be is it. Yeah, that is it right there, Andy. Look at that. All those. Uh, okay. Where's the garage come off? It must come off. Oh, that's unusual. So there's no backyard then, really. Okay. Just that little side backyard here. Yeah, where's the, where's the garage? See, so go back to that last picture and you can see where it has like a, like a, a skyway right there, like a skyway over to above the garage. Like, see that right where. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So they must have added that to go up and over to the back for the square footage. And I mean, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I think it's a very cool house. I just don't know if my four and a half million or whatever would go to that. Everything's um, really tight around it too. You know, that might be one of the, one of the issues. So. Well, that's, that's city living though. Sometimes, you know, that's kind of a, that's kind of a, yeah, but I mean, it, it is, but I don't know about at 5 million or four and a half. It just kind of is one of those things that, uh, that garage has got to come off the back somewhere. Yeah. I mean, it's, I just never. I think it's a solid house, great history, great, you know, location, yeah. everything that you want to have. I just don't think that somebody's going to pay what they want yet. Um, obviously that's when you're sitting there that long in this kind of a market, I mean, you know, when you're starting to look at people with $29,000 a month house payments. So on paper, they have to make, you know, 120,000 a month. Um, if, if, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, so how many people are out there other than, you know, your surgeons and whatever else that are making that million plus dollar. It's so just, it, you put yourself into that price range, right. Or entrepreneur buys it, right. That windfall of money or whatever. But I just, I don't know. A lot of charm, a lot of character just seems like it's a little on the high side, but that's just me. There's this, but there's a super sexy biker out there. So. I think they go for it. Just say it. Yep. All right. I'm pro that one. I am. I like it. So cool. I, I do too. I just think it needs to be yeah. adjusted. Yep. Cool. Okay. Want me to read this one? Yeah. I was looking at a house on the market, made an offer. The house itself had been sitting on the market for a long time now with no offers to my knowledge since November, I think. Uh, nothing wrong with it. It just needed some updates, which I'm fine with. Literally the next day, the realty company selling the house tells us that another offer has been made. While there is obviously, uh, while there is obviously a chance that someone made an offer, it feels too we uh, well timed to me. Would a would a realty company fake having an offer to get uh, more for the house? Okay, I had a, a situation that I had a, a listing and I never reduced it. it. Was on the market exactly 365 days. Mm -hmm. This is a long time ago. It was 99.9, and I had three offers on the same day. It was un, wow. I mean, uncanny. So it it 100% happens, and um, you got to remember what some people are doing is that you know, like we just looked at the last lind, listing. You know, Andy said, "Hey, it's you know, it's th probably 3.99." You know. And all of a sudden, there's like five people watching it to be able to come to that level. All of a sudden, everyone jumps in. People are like, oh, man, if it was four, I could probably get it for a million or four million three fifty. And now we've got multiple offers and maybe it goes to a million four fifty. So it's, it does happen. And uh, ethically, we cannot state that there's another offer um, if there isn't another offer. But I'll tell you. Um, you certainly can say that, you know what, people have been talking about it. We don't have nothing yet, you know, which is true. Well, and, and, and just in general in life, you got to be careful. Like, you don't always want to show your cards. So, like, for example, as a buyer, 
you go in there and basically tell them, hey, count on an offer coming in tomorrow. And because we're really excited, we like it, we're going to lowball you and uh, be ready for a lowball offer and whatever. Now that agent takes that information because they don't work for you. They work for the seller. Now they go out there and talk to every real estate agent that's already looked at that property and said, hey, I think I have an offer coming in. You know, that offer you wrote before, I think I can get that sold for you. Resubmit that offer to me and let's see what happens. So now that agent's out there, you, you gave them leverage and ammunition to go out there to submit or to get an offer stirred up. And so sometimes you got to be careful. Sometimes you're better off going in stealth mode, not saying anything, hit them with an offer, get the response, get the answer. And then you'll have better success as a buying agent or as a buyer than you will as the maybe something's coming in, maybe tomorrow, maybe underpriced. And then that agent uses every bit of that against you to get themselves a better offer faster, quicker, because they want to close. Tell you another thing you got to watch out for. You play that little trick and uh, you haven't told your sellers about it. All of a sudden that one offer that you had backs out because they don't want to compete. And so you got to be I mean, you got to be really careful with that kind of stuff. I always yeah. talk to my clients and then let them make the decision, say, hey, here's what I kind of want to do. You know, do you think you think we should or we shouldn't? Because let's just say you have one offer mm -hmm. and you're like, hey, there's like three other people that did show it a week ago. You know, hey, do we go to them and or put it out there say, hey, we're having multiple offers. And that scares the one person away that you have. You know, so that to me, it's kind of like ultimately that's your seller's decision and what to do. Um, but I thought another interesting thing that I saw this weekend, um, I got more calls from agents on this one than I, I've had ever, like with multiple offers. A lot of times we just don't even get a call. But every one of them was asking, well, how many offers are there? I said, well, we're not expecting them until this time. So how do I know? I, I have no idea how many offers there are. So Chris. You know? Talk about that for a second, because I get some agents that call me that are absolutely livid that I say, just submit your offer. I'll present it when it comes in. Um, my client has advised me to present all offers as they come in. And they go, well, but how many offers? And I'm like, I've been advised not to tell you that. Exactly. And what, what agents don't understand, they think there's like a scorecard that they have to see behind us. Like, hey, there's six offers up on the board right now. And here's are, what we're offering yeah. and you can do better. And are you going to offer more or less? If there's six or eight, are they under asking price or are they over? Are you going to offer more because there's only three or because there's seven? I mean, it's just like, how, what are you getting out of that? The the interest, you should know the interest. I mean, you've seen everyone scurry in and out of there. I mean, and I'll tell you what, I mean, the best thing that buyers can do and or their agents can do is if there's an open house that's kind of going with it is go to that open house. Go to the open house and see for yourself how people are reacting to it. Yeah. And then you'll have your answer. Right. Well, that and then, you know, the other thing with offers, I think that, you know, the, the other side of, of, of receiving offers and a lot of times when I get an agent that's very flustered like that, they don't know what to do. They're trying to they're trying to edge away at me trying to get an answer. And I say, we look at 12 different things when an offer comes in and one of them is price. Yeah. So when you're asking me about price negotiating of, of you know, uh, terms, I mean, closing dates. Um, what kind of financing you have? What kind of deposits you have? Do you have an inspection? What kind of an inspection? I mean, there's all these things that we go through when an offer comes in. And I said, you can make your offer look really, really good and not be the best price. And we might take your offer because it meets all the other criteria that it's important to us. So smart agents, and this is, this is I'm not afraid to call a listing agent and say, hey, what's important to your seller? And you and I have talked about this a million times. That's so smart. Tell right. me what, what's important to your seller. Closing date personal property, um, price, 
um, closing, you know, whatever it is, put it all together for me. Um, they want you to sign an as is addendum and then say, I'm just curious, why, why would, how do I sell my buyer on accepting an as is addendum from you when you've owned the house for 40 years? Why are you, what, what is the means behind the, the or the purpose behind the, the, um, requirement yeah. and people will tell you, I mean, a lot of times they'll say, you know, it's just, they just want to move off and not have to have anything come back and haunt them. Yeah. Okay. So then you just do a better inspection. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think we just figured out most of the world's problems in one hour. I know we, we usually do. We, we have amazing content and a lot of people are watching it, but like I've been in this game for a long time and many people don't tell you that, or you don't see the, the value. So that's why at the start, I was getting a call to action to the people who really appreciate this and, and value it to, to show the creators that their time is worth uh, doing it. So I think that's where we're at. We pack in amazing content and I think a lot of people get many good things from it. Well, thank you. We agree. That's why we've done it for so many years. I think that's that's the hardest thing for us is that it it's almost like giving up a hobby that you enjoy or something. You know, it's like so, you know, I think the real thing is, is this, you know, um, as as life changes and evolves, so so do other things. And, you know, I don't think we'll ever totally go away, but I think that we'll be coming back in different versions. We're going to see what's up, but I hope everyone uh, definitely clicks this link. There's a French guy making a deal behind me. Sorry for nice. the, the noise. <laughs> Uh, the power got cut off in the north of the city today. But um, everyone, click this link, okay? All our websites are here. Any information you need is right there. If you want to buy or sell in Minnesota, contact us. Send in any questions you have uh, for next week. See you guys. Awesome. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.